Hello, how are you doing? This is the MTT20 betting show ahead of the Good Friday, Easter, Saturday fixtures. We are sponsored by Betfair. This podcast is for over 18s only. We talk about betting on this show. And if you're thinking of placing a bet this weekend, please make sure before you do so that you are gambler aware and understand all of the risks that come with gambling. George and I ask that you never bet more than you can afford to lose. Certainly never chase losses. Hello, George. How are you doing? Hello, Ali. I'm well. How are you? I feel like I've started like a sort of a drill sergeant. Mm, it's more like robotic, I think. Authority in the voice is what I was going mm. for, not robotics. How did we get on last week? I'm glad you asked. Well, you did well. 1.44 points up on the week. I was 1.75 points down on the week. Your oh. stance on El Crapico between Doncaster and Crew was a good one. Donny comfy nap winners for you at 23 to 20. And Argyle did not get it done at Burton for me. But Stevenage did the business at Colu. That was my DNB, NB. Uh, your NB, Bristol Rovers, DNB, was a push. They drew one all with Tranmere. We both called over 2.5 in Fleetwood Aki which was secured in injury time uh, against an outfield goalkeeper. Uh, sadly, the second part of my double was Swindon failing to get near uh, the over 2.5 again for the second week in a row. They're in my bad books. Uh, my lay of West Brom was the correct play. Your lay of Millwall, uh, less so against Barnsley. And no luck with the goal scorers. Uh, I picked Obafemi, didn't I, to score any time and to score a brace. Funny enough, a Swansea player did score a brace, but it was new Obafemi. That was Mr. Pirot. So good week for you, kind of cancelling out my bad week. So thanks for that. No worries. These picks are for Good Friday and Easter Saturday. We won't be able to do a betting show for the Easter Monday and Tuesday fixtures, sadly, due to well, work, family, Easter schedule chaos. Uh, but we're very much looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff this weekend, and we can't wait for the pod on Tuesday breaking it all down. But this is the betting show. Trying to find winners in the EFL this weekend. George, what's your nap? What's your best bet? Um, I think I've got a good nap this week um, for a few reasons. It is in Rotherham against Ipswich. And for those of us who backed Rotherham um, anti-post, those of us, meaning me and you, Tough scene. Um, their demise in recent weeks has been pretty difficult to watch. And, you know, given how far clear they were, despite Wigan's games in hand, there's no way uh, that you can't feel like they've they've blown it, basically, over the last few weeks. Especially those of us who went on live television on the EFL Highlights show and, and predicted them, them to win by 10 points, making us look rather foolish. You absolute weapon. <laughs> uh, in this game, we have to... Um, you know, the, the the biggest mistake you can make, I think, is being too stubborn with your views. And whilst I still am of the opinion that, that Rotherham at that time, the football they were playing and their dominance over the teams they were playing against means they should be home and dry. Um, the Rotherham we've seen in recent weeks has been very poor. Um, the upside of this is that those of us who have backed Rotherham to win the league or each way to win the league um, are being offered loads of opportunities to loads of very good value opportunities to hedge our bets um i was fairly heavily invested in portsmouth last night as they uh beat rotherham 3-0 at fratton park uh they were kind of widely available at five to two uh, in the day yesterday uh quite cozily covering that also um you could back them on the asian kind of an even money plus a quarter as well and they host ipswich on saturday in what is an incredibly exciting league one bonanza on saturday where we've got most games on friday but we've got rotherham 
um, hosting Ipswich is the early game at 12.30. Wigan then hosts Cambridge in the in the 5.15 game and then MK Dons hosts Sheffield Wednesday in the 7.45 game. It's basically all going to unfold in front of our eyes what's going to be happening in the League One promotion race and, and it's, it's pretty hard to get away from the fact that this is going to be incredibly crucial and if Rotherham do slip up um, in the early game, it's going to make Wigan and MK Dons' task much, much easier um, because they'll know that any points is just going to move them further clear and further safe in terms of their automatic promotion aspirations. What's happening at Rotherham then? They just have a lot of players who are woefully out of form, in my, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, Freddie Ladapo, I saw one Rotherham fan saying that his performance last weekend was one of the worst he'd ever seen in a Rotherham shirt. Michael Smith, who's been such an incredibly important source for them of not just goals, but also just being a very effective target man, someone who has looked all season to be um, one of the better strikers in the division. Uh, his goal-scoring touch has deserted him. Coyote came in in midweek and wasn't great either. Um, they've tried to mix it up in plenty of areas. Dan Barlasa, who's been one of the best midfielders in the division, one of the best players in the division all season, has been poor as well. Um, they look most likely to score from set pieces. Janssen in goal uh, made a, a bit of a clangor yesterday as well and hasn't looked assured in goal at all. You know, you look at some of the, the teams in the EFL who are, are trending in the right direction, Nottingham Forest, for example, and you feel like they have 11 banging form players, possibly more coming off the bench. At Rotherham, it feels like they have none. Basically, no players who are currently playing particularly well, uh, and that is hard to overcome. They play against an Ipswich side whose chance of promotion has gone, uh, you'd think. Well, I mean, it has gone. They're not going to get into the playoffs, uh, and especially after conceding very late against uh, Shrewsbury. But that Shrewsbury game was... Um, the the one-all draw is another one where they really should have won this game pretty easily. Uh, you look at how the game progressed. Ipswich were well on top. They were deserving of their early goal from James Norwood, and they were coasting to victory until Cameron Burgess... Um, got a, a pretty stupid second yellow card and was sent marching. And it was only a, a, probably one of the goals of the day from Sean Wally that, that got Shrewsbury the point, um, having not really troubled Ipswich at all going forward until they were down to 10 men, understandably. In my head, this game is basically the best defence in the division, at, which has been the case, in my view, since Kieran McKenna came in, and it, it, in terms of Ipswich. Playing against one of the worst attacks in the division over the past seven or eight games and I know that this comes with a with a difficulty where we know that at their best this Rotherham side is one of the best if not the best teams in the division but I'm happy to get against them here knowing that it's going to take a a massive turnaround of form it's going to take a, a hell of a recovery mission from Paul Warren to get them back to that place and if they do that then fair play to them and you know for those of us who've backed them each way it wouldn't be the worst thing ever but you know I'm not putting this nap up as a, as a hedge I'm picking it up because I think it's the best value bet in the whole of the EFL this weekend and I think it's probably one of the best value bets we've had pretty much all season in my view what I'm putting up is draw no bet here if it's draw no bet I think it's seven to five is the price at the moment so you're getting heavy odds against uh, well significant odds against again about a side and I just don't think Rotherham will score, or at least I don't think Rotherham are going to get many chances to score because Ipswich is so good at suffocating games and Rotherham have very, very little recent record of creating chances. So Ipswich drawing a better 7-5, to five. it feels to me like the perfect meeting of, of teams at the perfect time. And I think the market is paying way too much respect to Rotherham by having them as 23-20 as to 20 favourites for this game. I think Ipswich are, are way closer to that. And I'd, I'd be really surprised if, if come... Uh, kick off on Saturday uh, early afternoon if the market doesn't reflect uh, a much, much closer game than, than the odds show at the moment. My nap is it's Exeter to beat Colchester at 
in League Two at St. James Park. I don't make a habit of backing naps that are this short. In fact, I've just been through El Arbitro's uh, list of, of all of our bets this season, and it is my shortest nap of the season at 1.7. But frankly, I am hugely confident of a home win. Uh, Exeter up against Colchester, who last week I was against, wasn't I? That Stevenage pick, my next best, which came in. I didn't think Cole you'd be hugely up for it compared to a rabid Stevenage side fighting for their lives. Uh, and they weren't, and they lost 2-0. Um, they're in a relatively comfortable position now above the relegation zone. Uh, three teams who are all eight points beneath them would need to get above them. All three of them would need to get above them for them to suffer relegation. It's exceptionally unlikely. Uh, they have done enough under Wayne Brown. Now, I don't think they're in particularly strong motivational spirit right now put it that way uh that was to my eyes evidenced in that defeat against stevenage so how about george a four and a half hour trip to exeter to play a team who in the last three months have picked up 40 points from 17 games well over two points per game there winning 12 of 17 who've won six of their last eight at home who've kept five clean sheets in their last seven league games home and away who have the majority of their key players fit and available i would say if I was to pick what I consider to be Exeter's strongest 11, it's just Nombe who's out at the moment and Zanzala playing uh, in his place. Otherwise, I know that Kite is out, uh, but I would suggest I would su- uh, suggest that the current starting 11, other than Zanzala for Nombe, uh, would be their st- strongest starting 11. It's a good position for them to be in. And in front of a packed St. James Park. All home areas, including the Big Bank, are sold out. In fact, they've requested 600 tickets that Cole you haven't sold, which means there'll be more home fans uh, in the section where the away fans normally are, 600 more. Um, we might be pushing 7,500 here at Exeter. It's way more than the average. It shows exactly what sort of atmosphere there is there at the moment. For me, it's just way too much for, for this Colchester side, both the football team themselves, but also just their whole situation uh, as we trot towards the end of the season. It's just a home win for me. Uh, I've not won my last two naps uh, after such a good streak. And as we know, nap winners are so important for the tallies, for the profit and loss. So uh, as mentioned, I'll be getting a bit livelier with some of my picks later on in the pod. I'm happy to go boring and short and what I consider to be a banker this weekend, the banker in the EFL. Extra to win at 1.7 at home to call you. Next best. My next best is in League Two and I'm going straight up um, Oldham to beat Northampton at 27 to 10. Um, Bit of a bigger price. I just think that Northampton are in, you know, this has been a a stance I've tried to take a few times, but it hasn't necessarily gone to plan. But I, I, I just don't think that Northampton are a side as good as their um, league table was. Their position in the league suggests they're still fifth, um, but they are only two points uh, ahead of of the teams chasing them in the in the playoff race. And it wouldn't be a massive surprise to me to see them falling out. Um, their recent form. Is not particularly good. Um, you know, they've won two of their last five, but in that time they've lost to Carlisle. They've lost to home to Bristol Rovers. Um, they drew 0-0. So three or two of their last six, in fact. Um, they drew 0-0 with, with Northampton and lost at Mansfield. You know, these games are so low margin. You know, they Northampton just do not create very many chances. And um, Oldham are a team that I consider still under Sheridan, as we've said many times, who aren't necessarily getting the rub of the green and aren't necessarily getting the points there that their performances deserve. We saw them go to Port Vale, a team that I rank way higher, um, way higher than Northampton at the moment, and give them a very good game and felt aggrieved at coming away 
with with no points, having um, lost the game three two. This should be a much easier fixture for them at home, um, and they come into it with the belief that, in my opinion, they'll be able to 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 do something against Northampton, especially given Stevenage's current form. You know, it's such a scrap down there. There's going to be no issue of motivation at all um, in what is a, a big game for both sides. But the, Northampton's recent form feels to me like it's really, really fallen off. Um, and Oldham are, you know, despite conceding three goals against Port Vale, I think are good enough to effectively stop Northampton from creating plenty from open play, which means, again, there's a reliance on set pieces. And I think that reliance on set pieces is starting to catch up on Northampton as well. Um, so it's been kind of a long running thing in my, in my head, um, in my book that Oldham are continuing to play well enough to pick up points. Um, and I think that, you know, even money about Northampton to go there and to beat Sheridan's Oldham seems, seems incredibly short. Um, yeah. And as I say, I'm happy just to, to take the bigger price, uh, spin the wheel and hope that I'm right in thinking that this is going to be a pretty tight game and, and the odds don't reflect that. This is, of course, the the one weekend of the year where it's exceptionally inappropriate to use the phrase Shesurrection. Yes. So let's make sure we don't do that. I didn't. I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just letting you and everyone listening know. I didn't. Didn't. Uh, I'm I'm also in League Two. Uh, I'm backing Swindon, two point three with the Betfair Sportsbook to beat Harrogate Town this weekend. Uh, and it is Stancy. I say this weekend. I'm talking about Good Friday. This is pretty stancy. It's a follow-up, really, to what I said about Swindon on the Monday pod. Uh, they, they were one of the many sets of fans I've seen over the last few weeks that have caused me sadness, dismay um, at at their response to a defeat. Uh, in this instance, a, a late defeat to Newport County. I understand it. I was trying to soothe things a little bit. A, the season is not over, even if it might feel like it. You're four points off the playoffs. You've got a game in hand. You've also got some exceptionally good football players. And yes, maybe the the squad overall, given how quickly it had to be put together just before the season started, isn't the most balanced. Maybe the quality doesn't spread across all areas of the pitch, but you've got some excellent players. And I think you'll be back to winning ways this weekend at Harrogate uh, at 2.3. The, the last five fixtures for Swindon, the XG per Y scout, and this is contextless, it doesn't take game state into account, but... Uh, rudimentary numbers 2.54 xg generated against oldham uh, 0.51 for oldham 1.95 against sutton versus 0.49 they were dominant in those games and they won both of them in their last three 2.06 played 2.09 against crawley uh, 1.3 for swindon 0.69 for rochdale and then last weekend the worst of the lot 1.2 for swindon 0.12 for newport now they only picked up one point from those three games and they were better in two of them and even in one of them. So I, I think the results don't reflect the performances and the, and the balance of play, really. They don't have McCurdy at the moment, but they do still have, in attack, Jack Payne and Johnny Williams in midfield, Louis Barry, Josh Davison. They've got Louis Reed at the base, who I think is possibly the best player in the whole division. Uh, I just think they're fine at the moment. I think they're playing fine. Yes, it was a defensive lapse uh, from Wallacott last season, which led to the, the winner for Newport. Yes, there's been too many of them compared to some of the top teams in the division. But I'd be way more worried and I'd be much happier to rule them out of a, of a top seven finish if they were being cut to ribbons, uh, if they were looking anemic and, 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 and out of ideas in attack. I don't think that's the case on either end. I think they're attacking pretty well, getting chances, maybe some below-par finishing. I think they're defending okay, limiting the opposition for the most part. Um, and, you know, if they keep doing that, then frankly, they're going to win games. Uh, thankfully, 
for this pick. They're up against Harrogate, who, because a classic case of starting the season so well, talked about them loads in the first, what, two months of the season, lots to like, lots of exciting attacking play, just completely dropped off. Um, but because they already had the points on the board, that you know, that ball form and the extent to which they dropped down the table, it's never it's never been sort of headline news because they've never been threatened by relegation. But they've lost six of their last eight in the league, Harrogate. They've lost four of their last six at home and drawn the other two. So two points in the last six home games. They've conceded over the season the second most goals in the whole division. Only Scunthorpe have conceded more. Since the turn of the year, 22 games, Harrogate have lost 13, more than half of them. And only Scunny have lost more in that time. They've got the second worst record in the division over what is basically half of a season now. They're a very, very poor team in their current iteration. Clearly, I think Swindon playing much better than results suggest and still plenty to play for. Harrogate, less so. Uh, I think if Swindon play the same as they have recently, they should win this game. And at 2.3, that's my next best, my second best bet of the weekend in the EFL. I've always loved Swindon Town. Come on, you Robins. Um, <laughs> don't forget, guys, that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. It's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash-out suspensions on the Betfair Sportsbook if you're betting match odds for all EFL games this Easter weekend. Uh, on to the exchange, George, where we put up a lay pick each week. Who are you getting against? I am laying Sunderland um, at 1.77 at home to Shrewsbury. Just because, <clears throat> and, and Sunderland fans will be, the, you know, are, from what I've seen in agreement with this, um, they're not playing particularly well at the moment. They are getting results as i said on the monday show um they've won four of their last five and all four of those wins they've gone into the last 10 minutes level um which isn't in my book a particularly sustainable way to to continue good runs of form um you know they they aren't dominating games at all even the games that they win um they aren't imposing themselves necessarily on games and i, and I think you know they of course deserve credit for the run that they're on and i think alex neal is doing a very good job at basically steering them at all costs into the playoffs or, or towards the playoffs at, at any, you know, in any case. But I think them to be heavily odds on against a Shrewsbury side who've shown no sides, no sign of um, applying the sun cream and heading off to the beach thus far, uh, who's away for me. You know, I, in my mind, I always think of Shrewsbury in the last couple of seasons as a team who are very, very strong at home um, and don't see many at home, but their away form is very good. If you're looking at their last 10 games, they've only lost two of those games uh, away from home against Plymouth, Argyle and MK Dons, two of the sides who are in the top four here. In that time, they've beaten Rotherham 3-0 away from home. They've gone to Burton and beat them 2-0. Um, drawn at Wickham. You know, they are a side who, who don't concede many chances, don't concede many goals. And I think will will make life very, very difficult for, for Sunderland. So... Um, as is always the case, it wouldn't be a massive shock to see Sunderland go go and win this game um, because they they have better players, they have a, a better manager and better resources and more to play for. But I, I do think this could be a pretty awkward one for them, and I think they basically have to improve. Otherwise, this good run um, is is going to end at some point, and, and I don't see why um, they should be as short as they are at one point seven seven to beat Shrewsbury on on Friday. Okay, I'm also taking on a team. Towards the top of League One, like you, in fact, right at the very top of League One, uh, I'm laying Wigan at home to Cambridge, uh, partly because it's very, very low risk in the sense that I've, I've put them up at 1.41. Uh, it's obviously a, a one-point lay, so if I laid a, a £10 uh, bet on Wigan, then my liability is, is £4.10. That's what I'll lose. If Wigan do the business as they should at home to Cambridge, and look, they're a strong team, they're the best team in the league, Heavy favourites to win this game. I've got no real complaints about that. I'm basically taking a punt on two things, or a mixture of two things, really. One of them is 
I, we always praise, I always praise Mark Bonner specifically for his strategy, his tactical setup, um, for setting his team up well for whichever fixture they have, and particularly for being pretty compact, pretty hard to break down most of the time, pretty happy to defend and pretty keen to frustrate. They're not afraid to do that. They don't have some uh, ideology about having to play a certain way. They're, they're pretty happy to, to get the job done any which way and something they've done very well over the last two seasons. So I think that they can set up in a way that can frustrate Wigan, who have a couple of different ways of, of attacking you. Um, but I just believe in Bonner. They also have Ironside um, fit up top and Sam Smith playing off the right. I think those two combined can be quite potent. Ironside to occupy centre-backs and Smith to run into space. Playing on the counter, spending a lot of time out of possession defending, that's not stuff that's going to concern Mark Bonner's Cambridge. It's not something that they're not used to. So half of this is backing Bonner to create a good game plan. The other half is, is just in case Wigan are a bit tired. Now, I didn't watch their full game against Burton on Tuesday night. They drew it nil-nil. It looked to me, looking at the numbers and watching the highlights, like um, you know, like they dropped off a little bit from their own high standards. Burton probably came closer to winning, although Wigan had the odd chance to. Uh, they only had four shots inside the box in the whole game, so they weren't hugely potent going forward. And let's take a look at their last four months, Wigan, where they've just played an absurd amount of games. Uh, they started 2022 with a Papa John's game and an FA Cup game against Blackburn, which they won. Their first league game was on the 15th of January, their first league game of 2022. And since then, they've played 20, which is two more than anyone in League One apart from Wimbledon. They've also had a Papa John's quarterfinal, a Papa John's semi-final, which went to penalties, and an FA Cup game at Stoke in that time. So from, from Saturday, going back to the 15th of January, that's 91 days. This will be their 24th game, which is one more than every four games, uh, four days rather, and including... Tuesday's night game against Burton. This will now be their fifth game in a sequence of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and now Saturday. Now, for the most part, Liam Richardson has managed it brilliantly and they've played well and they've kept picking up points and extended their lead and making sure that they are on the cusp of automatic promotion. But maybe, maybe they're a bit tired. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, there's no shame if they are given their schedule. Uh, maybe they rotate as well. They haven't done a huge amount of that, but maybe they do this time. Maybe they lean on guys like Tom Pierce, like Shinny and Cousins in midfield, Guion Edwards, Stephen Humphreys, those guys who have been, you know, who've had to make do with, with mostly bench appearances. But I just think that there's a chance they could be a bit tired. So those are the two things that mix together, I think might things make things a little harder for Wigan than the price of 1.41 uh, suggests. That's what I've laid them at on the Betfair Exchange, waiting to be matched. Um, Wigan, my lay this weekend. So goals and goal scorers. Yeah, I'm backing overs in Huddersfield against QPR. Um, basically because of, of that ridiculous Preston game last weekend where, yes, the game finished 2-1, but the XG values are 3.46, 2.48. Uh, I think maybe signify what we're going to see from QPR for the rest of this season. Um, Mark Warburton has, I think, has to revert to type, having finally sorted out QPR's defensive issues. Um, over the last 10 or so games as they consistently lose um, creating very little and conceding goals it feels to me like as a last row of the dice it's a case of, of tearing it up and starting again uh, and that means encouraging his team to attack at any cost and basically try and turn it into a, base, a basketball game and and, um, uh, and win whatever way possible we know that Huddersfield aren't necessarily a side who um, have particularly high scoring games um, but I do think the way that this will progress with both teams basically needing 
a victory. Um, well, because it's so tight up there, um, it, it doesn't really seem to me why with, with QPR likely to be gung-ho and Huddersfield certainly have an issue in terms of when they go ahead, their fans don't appreciate how they, they often do sit back, even though it's worked better recently. Um, this feels to me like it could descend into another similar um, kind of game. Uh, you look back at QPR's game at Forest as well a couple of weeks ago, uh, where they lost 3-1 covering that that line, 2.42, 1.47. You've also got the 3-1 against against Peterborough as well. Um, and their last win was the 2-1 win at, at Luton. So these games that they're playing against sides in terms of Luton Forest, uh, who are up there, have, have covered that as well. And it just, I can't see why this game would be cagey. I can't see why the onus won't be on the teams to attack. And I think the way that QPR will approach this, they'll be looking to score and and they'll certainly give up um, chances as well to a side in Huddersfield who, who, you know, don't have too many issues uh, getting on the score sheet. So for it to be even money, I think is is value over two and a half, even money uh, in Huddersfield against QPR. My goals pick. Well, George, what should you do? When you lose back to back over two point five goals doubles, where you've got one out of two up, do it again. How about an over three point five no, goals double? No, that's not what you should do. That's the opposite. I think. Yeah, I hate it. Well, I'm inspired by the miraculous spirit of Easter. <laughs> I'm even more inspired by your initial reaction to this. Okay, you want to prove me wrong, do you? You will love it. I will be egging on goals, lots of them, in Fleetwood against Oxford United. And Charlton Athletic against Morecambe. The price on the Betfair Sportsbook is 3.4 and 3.3 respectively. So 11.22 the double with the Betfair Sportsbook. That is my pick. One point on the double. 11.22 over 3.5 goals in Fleetwood Oxford and Charlton Morecambe. Charlton just look a genuine impressive goal threat with Stockley and Washington up front. Uh, And they host a Morecambe side who have seen 48% of their away games go over 3.5 goals Uh, this season Alex who covers Cambridge she's on the NTT 20 squad he's a journalist that covers Cambridge United they beat Morecambe last week Uh, 2-1 Alex described Morecambe as really sharp and quick going forward but disastrous at the back and that's exactly what I want for this I want them to be sharp and quick going forward I want them to hurt Charlton I think they can do with goal Stockton for sure but I also think Stockley and Washington can make hay and I'm going over 3.5 there and Fleetwood Oxford third and fourth in league one for goals per game over the season Uh, Over 3.5 goals this season. Fleetwood, 38% of their games. Oxford, 37% of their games. Um, Oxford United will be angry here, travelling with a vengeance, looking to rack up the goals. But we know that, well, you can be pretty vulnerable as well. And uh, particularly that goalkeeper looks to be lacking a bit of confidence at the moment. So um, it's, it's obviously not a smart play. I can't help myself sometimes. We do 40 weeks of this in the season. For the most part, disciplined occasionally, when I'm inspired by the miraculous spirit of Easter, I want to try something. So let's see how we go. 11.22, the double, over 3.5 goals in Fleetwood Oxford and Charlton Morecambe. Remember, if you bet £10 or multiples or bet builders on the Betfair Sportsbook, you'll receive a £2 free bet to use. Also on multiples or bet builders, make sure you check the T's and C's on site. If you bet £10 or multiples or bet builders, you'll get a £2 free bet. For use on multiples or bet builders as well with the Betfair Sportsbook. So, who are you backing to stick one in a bag of onions? One. How many? Two. 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 I bet you thought your 11 to 1 double was going to be the biggest price selection on this podcast. No, I didn't actually. Because uh, you've got a big one as well. <laughs> uh, 17 to 1. Callum O'Hare to score two or more goals. Yes. Um, I'm backing Coventry to beat 
Birmingham at 13 to 10. Um, two sides who, who look again to be maybe with, with not a great deal to play for each, um, but taking that in very different ways, as we saw with Coventry's 3 1 win at Craven Cottage. Birmingham's performances, even when results have been okay, have been miserable and it feels like everyone at the club is just basically waiting for <laughs> for the summer to come. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there are going to be more issues off the field uh, in terms of, of the, the way the fans see the club going forward. There's not much to be positive about, unlike at Coventry. Interestingly, we've seen this season a consistency, a tactical consistency with Mark Robbins and Coventry, where at home he likes to play two strikers with one ten behind, normally Callum O'Hare and then Jokeresh and Godden or some combination of their strikers. Away from home, he switches it up and plays a lone striker. So normally one of those two with two tens behind O'Hare. And then we've seen Matson play there. We've seen Shipley play there and others too. However, because of the opposition that they had, um, because of the strength of Fulham, we saw them switch uh, last time to almost a flat five um, with basically Alan Sheaf and Hamer being Harmer being the three midfielders with Hare playing just off uh, Jokeresh. And it worked. And in my opinion, when you go and you beat the champions elect 3-1 in their own backyard and you have another away game, even if it's against weaker opposition, why would you mix it up? So I am going into this hoping that O'Hare is effectively going to be playing as not quite a striker, but the lone 10 behind. And he, as is often the case with with Callum O'Hare, got into plenty of goal-scoring opportunities, scored a very simple finish, which seems to be the kind of goals that he has to score in order to score. Um, in the in the game, the third goal. Um, he's only scored four goals this season, but his his shot numbers are still massive. Uh, he did score a brace just a few weeks ago in the four one for the four one home win against Sheffield United. And if I'm right, and if Coventry do beat Birmingham and beat them well, I think he'll have plenty of chances to to, to score not one but but a couple of goals in the game. So it's a bit of a hail mary. Um, and at seventeen to one, I think it's worth worth a, a dart that he is. Um, Back in the goals again uh, come Saturday. Unfortunately, I'm continuing a theme, and that is that I believe in miracles. This weekend, uh, I've picked a goal scorer anytime in each league, George, and I'm going to do an anytime Trixie. Quarter of a point each, three doubles and one treble. Uh, leg one, championship, Michael Obafemi. Because I'm not ending this saga without something to show for it, and it's definitely a saga at this stage. Uh, just a quick reminder, two weeks ago, I I did all my research. I picked Obafemi to score at 4.5 and then last minute changed it to Reese Oates. Last week, picked him. His mate Perrault scored two uh, instead. Uh, I think that at home to Barnsley, if Swansea get one, a bit like a bit like away at Millwall last week, I think if, if Swansea score one, Barnsley might roll over. Uh, Swansea could score two, three, four. Like Millwall did for last Saturday, so I want to be on Obafemi, 3.25. I still think it's a, a generous price. Uh, in leg two, Connor Washington of Charlton. He's a bit shorter, 2.75. Uh, he has, per Scout the highest expected goals number in League One over the last five games. Uh, him and Stockley, as mentioned, should cause Morecambe's backline a lot of problems. And he's on pens as well. Connor Washington, 2.75 in a game in which I expect a lot of goals. And then leg three... Certainly consider this to be the best value. If I had to pick one, this would be it. Josh March, Forest Green Rover striker, 3.6 to score any time here. 
Matty Stevens is out for the season. Jamil Matt got taken off last weekend. He's currently undergoing concussion protocol. The club are hopeful that he might be able to play here, but it seems like very much touch and go whether he's allowed to because of that head injury last week. Even if he plays, March will still play in the Stevens slot. And I think March is, is ready to, to make April his month. Um, he had seven shots last week against Hartlepool. Forest Green are, are stuttering. Of course they are. But they're not a terrible team. And and the fact that their striker, Josh March, had seven shots last week against Hartlepool should show that it's not like they've just stopped getting anywhere near the box. So Josh March, I think, is big value here at 3.6 uh, to score any time. So it's an any time Trixie. Uh, quarter of a point on the three doubles and the treble. The treble is 32.18 on the Betfair Sportsbook. So just about 31 to 1. Uh, and the doubles range from just under 9 to 1 to just under 11 to 1. The players are Michael Obafemi of Swansea, uh, Connor Washington of Charlton, and Josh March of Forest Green Rovers. My three wise men. No, no, hold on. I've mixed up my religious festivals there. <laughs> Sorry, mate. My bad. Uh, you can tell. I'm just feeling I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling excited. Easter weekend in the EFL is absurdly exciting it's terrible for teams they've got to play two games massive games in the space of three or four days it's amazing for us uh, I'm doing the double header on Quest one with Dean Ashton one with Ian Holloway I cannot wait I wouldn't want to spend my weekend doing anything else and as you can tell with some of these bets I'm just feeling a little bit spicy as is George with his Calamo hair pick just recap all five please my nap is Ipswich Draw No Bet at Rotherham uh, on Saturday. My next best is Oldham uh, at home to Cobblers on Friday. Laying Sunderland at home to Shrewsbury. Uh, overs in Huddersfield against QPR. And a Callum O'Hare brace at 17-1 to 1 is my goal scorer pick. Well, I want to wish everyone a happy, happy weekend. But in particular, Exeter City, who I've picked as my nap to beat Colchester at home at 1.7. Particularly Swindon Town. And they're sad fans because I think you're going to be happy after beating Harrogate at 2.3 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I've laid Wigan at 1.41. I need Cambridge to draw or win at the DW. And my goals pick is an over 3.5 goals at double. It's Fleetwood Oxford and Charlton Morecambe, 11.22, the double with the Betfair Sportsbook. And my goal scorer, Trixie. Michael Obafemi at 3.25. Connor Washington at 2.75. Josh March of Forest Green at 3.6. The Anytime Trixie, uh, the treble around 32.18. The doubles ranging from just under 9 to 1 to just under 11 to 1. Thank you to our sponsors, Betfair, for their continued support of this podcast. Not long to go now. Stick with us. We'll speak again on Tuesday. Go out.